Hi everyone, welcome back to What She Said. I'm V. And I'm E. Today we're going to be discussing the Sarah Everard case because it is quite a hot topic right now and it's basically all over the media and we think that it highlights important issues that we need to discuss. So for those of you who are not familiar with the Sarah case, it happened a few days ago uh, around London where she was walking home on her own, uh, on a main road first of all, at 9.30 at night. She was walking from a friend's house and she is suspected to be kidnapped and murdered. And basically the issue that everyone is having with this case is that why is it not safe for a female to walk home at night? Uh, Not even that late at night, first of all, like 9.30 is not that late. from a friend's house or from wherever they are, why is it unsafe for women to be walking alone at night? Uh, So this is kind of something that we want to discuss because we have seen a lot of different stories and different surveys and different like information that's been brought to light recently as a result of this case. Key thing that is upsetting about this case and the key thing that people focus on is that she did everything that we're always told to do. And I think that's also why a lot of people found it even more heartbreaking because She was on a main road. She was calling her boyfriend because she felt a little bit unsafe. She was wearing really bright colors. She texted her friends before. She did everything that we are told to do by authorities as women to stay safe, and it was not enough. Like, she really did everything that she could, and yet this still happened to her. At the end of the day, you're never safe as a woman. Well, Valeria, have you got any, um, either certain things that you do or things that you need to bring with you or what you think before you go out just to keep yourself safe? Yeah, definitely. I think the first thing is that no matter where I am, I always feel like at night I'm always afraid. I think that's something that's like a baseline is like you're always on edge. You're always very attentive of your surroundings. You're very like on high alert. And that's the main thing that I always notice. I keep my head down and I walk quickly and I don't give eye contact to any men that I see because I just think I read somewhere that giving eye contact already is like offering an invitation. So honestly, the thing is just walk fast, look down and just like, try to make myself smaller, you know what I mean? Like, try to make yeah. less noticeable. But even that eye contact thing, like, misogynistic in a way, it's like, oh, women, like, having eye contact with a man is inviting them to make a move when it's not. Definitely. I mean, aside from, obviously, the, the feeling of fear and the feeling of trying to make myself as small as possible, um, small things that I always have is, like, I always text my friends right when I leave a place, and then I'll text them as soon as I get there because I know that we're all worried about each other and i'll also if i am feeling particularly unsafe i will straight up just send my location to someone so like either a friend or my boyfriend or whatever just to just make sure that they have my location if that's necessary um i also always have my keys in my hands even though that doesn't really make a difference but for some reason it makes me feel a bit better that i'd have like some type of weapon even though it really doesn't make a difference but i always hold my keys like clenched in my fist uh yeah so that's basically me because there really at the end of the day isn't that much more that we can do um, other than obviously what Sarah herself did, which is obviously stay on the phone with someone, wear bright colors, stay on the main road. Um, but yeah, I was wondering if you had anything in particular that you also did. Um, for me, I don't really have to do many specific things because as most of you know, I have very short hair. I don't look like female when I'm wearing like a big jacket in my DMs and stuff. Like people don't tend to look at me twice because I just look male. And so I feel pretty privileged in that way. And I know I've said this to you before, Valeria, that I usually 
like we'll go home for example from valeria's house or something like i'll get the bus and it's in the middle of nowhere like she does not live near any civilization and (laughs) (laughs) and so i'm just waiting for the bus and i'm always like oh there's sometimes people walking their dogs or sometimes there's like men just walking and i'm just like okay i'm still scared like i still have the fear but i also i'm aware that i don't look inherently female to them so i'm usually left alone which is completely fine but yeah i still have those i still share those same fears and i share the oh making sure i have keys in my hand or like nearby or making sure that like for example i'll text you whenever i get on my bus so that you know like everything's okay um or sending your location or whatever it is that you do i also do anyway because i think it's like ingrained in us from a young age to do those things even if i know that I'm not necessarily as threatened as someone who is more female looking would be. It's really weird to see the difference from when I had long hair to now. And I know that I've said this to you many times, that it does feel safer. Like it feels safer having short hair. I also totally get it because a few years ago I read this um, post that was being shared around um, and basically convicted rapists like shared what would make someone an easy target and the big one is people with long hair tied up in a ponytail because it was easy to grab from behind. And that's also something that I'm always mindful of is like, I would like, obviously my hair is quite long. So regardless of whether it's down or up, it's quite easy to grab because you can just hold on to it. But I am mindful of the fact that when you're walking in the street, they're an easier target if you'll have your hair up. There were other things that was in that list that I'm also very conscious of today. So for instance, the one thing where I was like, you need to make sure that you look like I always look aggressive when I'm in the city or in like, <laughs> anywhere like obviously i like don't look that aggressive but like no you really don't i try to make myself look more like angry or annoyed or passive so that it doesn't make it like open to conversation like i don't want anyone to come up to me if i'm like walking around at night yeah you just want to look not approachable yeah for sure and the the post that i was reading about said precisely that like if a woman looks more approachable or looks a little bit naive that's the key word is like if a woman looks a little bit naive or like then they're more likely to approach them because it'll look like an easier target and at the end of the day they look for easy targets so we want to discuss uh two i think situations or two very vastly different situations that um have the same or similar thought process uh from a female perspective and then we're just gonna like talk about it a little bit and discuss it but actually the first one that we want to talk about is a run during the day so you know some people in quarantine like going out for runs don't know why but go off and men and women have a very different thought process because of first of all the privilege that men do have but also because men don't have to think about these things whenever a man is running towards a female um And he's probably thinking like, oh, if I keep this pace, I can reach my goal of whatever time that I want to do. And he sees, in this case, a female. In his way, he's probably just thinking, oh, I got to go around that person. I'll go whenever I get a bit closer to them. The whole time that that female is walking towards him, she has a completely different thought process, which goes something like, should I cross the road? Uh, Would that look bad if I cross the road? Would it be obvious? Would that make me more of a target? Oh, maybe he's one of the bad <laughs> ones in quotation marks. Or should I pretend to be on the phone talking to someone? Should I stop to look into this window? Or there's two houses on the street. I can pretend to be visiting one of them. All these thoughts go through her head because she does not know what to expect of this man because of this 
fear instilled onto us. And it's all things, also, like, another issue with this is, it's all things that the women has to th- the women have to think about rather than men just realizing, hey, this might be a bit scary if I'm running towards a woman on her own. Maybe I can cross the street. Yeah, exactly. But I also think a part of it is that men don't have to think that way. So a man is going to, if he's, for instance, doesn't have any intentions of doing anything, he's not going to really think that it's scary for a woman. So he wouldn't consider going to the other side of the street. But I also completely get the woman, obviously, because I've also thought that it's like, for instance, if I'm sitting at a bus stop and a man is like walking towards the bus stop, I immediately think, oh, like I want to move away, but I don't want this to seem like I'm obviously moving away from this man. So then you go through this, oh, should I move? Should I stay put so that I look less of a target? Like, how do I navigate the situation? I had this experience a few years ago where um, I had like a... Uh, I was in high school, so I had like a little like a conference in a different city and I had to get up really early to go to the station to take the train. And it was just me and I had to wear like a fancy like business uniform or whatever. So I was wearing like a skirt and like a blazer and heels and it was literally 6 a.m. And I was walking to the station um, and it was like a probably like a 10, 15 minute walk. And this man and like mine, keep in mind, it was literally 6 a.m. And this man approached me in his car and he looked out. And he asked me, he's like, are you okay? Like, do you need help? Like, I can drive you wherever you need to go. And I was like, no, thanks. I'm good. And he like kept following me for a good few more minutes. And he kept insisting. He was like, no, 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 don't worry. Like, I can easily drive you. And I'd never met this man in my life. Like, I did not know what was happening. And I was so scared. But at the time, I think I was like 14. And I did end up telling him, like, I needed to go to the station. And I think that I never should have done because he literally could have followed me all the way there. And I'm grateful that he didn't because after a few minutes, he eventually left. But already it was such a scary situation because it was dark. I was also just wearing like, obviously it shouldn't matter, but I already felt more of a victim because I was wearing like a short skirt and heels. Yeah. And it was that early in the morning and he really insisted on me getting in the car with him because he was like, oh, I can take you to the station. Like, don't worry. And it was just such a awful situation, to be honest, to have to deal with as a kid. Yeah. And that sounds like something that would also impact you like you then think of that situation every other time a car slows down near you or you see a man like on his own or whatever it is that's the first thing that comes to your mind and that's why we are always like taught to do these things as we talked about previously like make sure you text people before you go or like whatever to stay safe because this does happen so many times and like you don't know if that man that's approaching you or is going to talk to you because we've all experienced it. It's not like one female in 10. No, it's like everyone has experienced it at this point. It's just, it needs to change. Like, I don't know what else to say, but it needs to change. And we don't know how to do that without men's help. (laughs) Yeah, that's the main thing. I mean, I think we can get to that a bit later on in the episode, but uh, the key thing is like, because women are the oppressed essentially because we have so much less rights societally than men do we can't do any of the work or we can't make any progress if we don't have the support of men and i think that's why the sarah case was so vital in um, over the past few days is because people are really highlighting the discrepancy between the advocacy in women and the lack of advocacy in men because we need change and we can't do that without male support and currently we're not getting nearly enough. Yeah, and also the changes that we are doing are not helping. Like, we are going out of our way to make sure that we have, like, keys in our hands or we carry, I don't know, I heard women carry pepper spray, it makes sense. Or that we have to be on the phone to someone because we are feeling uncomfortable or 
we make sure not to wear anything that's sort of, I don't want to say promiscuous because that's not the case. It very rarely is the case that you're wearing anything, you know, showy. It's just skirts are not like showy, like. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Like we're, I mean, regardless, like we are taught that you need to dress a certain way if you don't want attention. Like for instance, if you're wearing a skirt, you're attention seeking. Like we've heard all those things before. And putting the blame or putting the burden of all of this, of male violence, of rape, of sexual assault, putting the burden on women is the wrong thing to do. So for instance, with the Sarah case, uh, the police immediately was like, hi, women shouldn't be out after 6 p.m. now. And they suggested that. And immediately there was this like social media uproar, which was why do women have to suffer when this happens? Why do women have to then be told to further limit their lifestyle, which they already have, like already women like for instance i definitely felt this way when i was really like i love summer because it means the sun stays out way later and i know that when winter comes after 5 p.m i'm almost literally never going to go anywhere because i don't want to be outside in the dark and so you already have that limitation because you're afraid of going out in the dark and then to have that imposed on you by the police rather than for instance imposing this on men it shows that women have to constantly take this burden and there was this uh, tweet, I think probably you saw it as well, Eve, where someone, it wasn't serious, but someone as like a rebuttal said, you know what we should do actually is we should put a curfew on men so that men don't have to leave the house at 6 p.m. because they are the ones perpetrating this violence. And there was a huge uproar yeah, about it. And everyone was angry and everyone had something to say about this. And the whole point of the tweet was to say, it is ridiculous that the victims have to take extra precautions. The perpetrators are the ones that should be taking precautions. And it also is the group that is perpetuating this violence should be the ones that are held accountable, not the victims. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I agree that, hello, that tweet was supposed to be a joke. I think it should happen. Like, I think it is the thing that we need because not only does it limit those, like, the risk of women being attacked or being kidnapped or whatever, much worse, but it also lets the men realize what it's like to have to limit your life because of your gender. Like, you know, you'll have the argument of, oh, it's not all men, blah, blah, blah. But if if all of the men have a curfew on them, they get to experience what it's like for women to constantly have to limit their lives and restrict their lives. Like, they can't go to their friends after dark. They have to make sure that when they're in a taxi, they're not alone. They have to make sure they're wearing certain whatever clothing it is that is not going to get them killed and it's like all those limits on your life and men don't have to experience any of that maybe a curfew for them would be good maybe that will show them that hey there is some things that you need to experience to know what it's like to be a female like you're not going to experience the the fear let's say but you'll at least have the limitations and honestly i think that would be good <laughs> i think that would be infor informative for men but i know it's not going to happen because it's never men's fault yeah that's the key thing is like men immediately got super upset and they felt really attacked because of this tweet that was initially meant to be a joke because for the first time someone was suggesting that their right to their personal autonomy was being taken away and that was basically the first experience that they had where they would be told to have a restriction upon their freedoms where it's something that women are so used to because again in winter you already know you're going to be out less after dark and you're going to be out 
or you're going to be home earlier because you want to get home before it's dark, et cetera, et cetera. You're already thinking about how you're going to dress. You're thinking about your friends that you have on speed dial in case you're scared, this and this, this. And men, ha men have never had to feel that. So that one tweet caused such a frenzy because it placed the emphasis on men for the first time, which it never had before. And I think going back on that, I think we could also talk about another example of the way that men and women view situations differently because of the risk upon women's safety. So another example is obviously a girl going on a night out versus a guy going on a night out. I feel like a girl and her group of friends when they go on a night out, they always have this mutual agreement that's like, we all leave together. We all make sure that we're together. If you're at a club and you always like have, for instance, people who come up with um, like a signal for if a guy approaches you and you don't want it, so you signal over to your friend and you have like a hand signal that they know that they need to then come get you because this guy is being weird. There's all these little undertones and uh, nuances that girls come up with to keep each other safe if they're going on a night out. And they always think, okay, so we have to be home at this time so that we're not home too late. Who's going to call the taxi or who's going to do this? How are we going to get home? Et cetera, et cetera. Whereas men, I think, barely have to think about that. I'm pretty sure they just make sure, like, they literally take 10 minutes to get dressed, meet their friends, whatever, and then leave. And then they basically, once they're at wherever they are, they can decide to leave whenever they want. Like, if you're alone and you just decide, oh, I'm tired, I want to go home, you have the freedom to do that. Yeah, and I... I heard like this thing on Twitter because I saw like an argument about that and I heard the same where men were basically defending the fact that men also have to think about these things by saying that oh but they might get jumped on the way home like they might get beat up or whatever but I'm pretty sure that that does not happen to the majority of men whereas taking advantage of women happens to the majority of women. What was the survey saying? Like 97% of women in the UK? Experience sexual assault or harassment. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that 97% of men do not experience getting jumped on the way home from a club or something like that. And maybe there is a high number. I don't know. Maybe it's not reported. But that is not the same in a way, like, as being sexually assaulted. No, but it's not the same. But also, it relates again to the key problem is that when you go home at night as a man, let's say you're going home, it's 3 a.m. and you're scared of being jumped. Who are you afraid of? Because you're not afraid of a girl get jumping you. You're not afraid of getting beat up by a girl or a woman. You're afraid of another man. So again, it points to the problem of male violence. But that is the thing and it's heartbreaking to admit it and it's heartbreaking to keep talking about it. And it's so sad that we have to go over this every time something like this happens. But when someone says not all men or when a man, like you just mentioned, says, yeah, but I could also get jumped in the street or I'm also afraid of getting beat up or statistically men could also get beat up. Yeah, that's valid and that's true. But who is doing that? Because it's sure as hell most likely is not a woman, you know? And men need to be held accountable about this. And it's, I'm not just saying about men who are actively rapists or who are actively violent. I mean, the bystanders. The problem are the men who make rape jokes, the men who don't stop when they see a girl being touched inappropriately at a club or something who don't intervene though that's part of the issue as well because you are enforcing this culture of rape you know but also the men who are passively letting things happen instead of calling out their friends or the men who are aware that this stigma or there is a stigma around men on the street and so they don't make like give a wide berth <laughs> i hate that expression to women, like, if you're walking on the street behind a female, maybe just go around her and walk in front so she's not constantly worried that she's going to get followed. No, but 
going on about that i've had that i think once or twice happened to me where i don't know where i was going i think i was walking home from the gym as like it was like 9 p.m or something and i think once or twice i think men noticed that i would immediately walk faster and i would tense up and like look down and i think they noticed and they literally walked on the other end of the street for me and i really appreciated that because the level of relief that i would feel in that moment is incredible because you are just so on edge and you're so scared so when that happened to me i really felt a lot more comfortable and like appreciative of the fact that they had just noticed that i was afraid and ensured that they would not be a threat and then leave the situation you know yeah um but the same thing also like i think that's a key thing but the key thing as well is making stopping rape jokes and stopping those sexist comments that are always made or stopping the the um the what's it called the narrative about boys will be boys or locker room talk so if you hear things like that to just put an end to it and like because all of those things enforce rape culture i mean i always talk about this but they build up on each other and so if you start with little things like that it does make a difference uh so one quick thing that i also wanted to mention regarding this whole sarah thing is as soon as the case broke the news and it started to go viral the trend or sorry the hashtag not all men started trending on twitter because immediately men started feeling attacked and offended that this whole discourse was starting and i think that's so damaging and it's also really really sad to see to be honest that in light of a woman being murdered in light of a this tragedy happening and that happens so often because also by the way like there's so many other women in England, for instance, that have been murdered in suspicious circumstances, but the police just haven't investigated it. So there's so many cases of this happening. And for when this happens, the hashtag to be trending is not all men because it's men being insecure or men trying to say, yeah, but I didn't kill a woman to take away from the conversation is so frustrating and so upsetting to hear. And so I guess the only thing that I can say to this, because obviously if you're someone who thinks not all men, I don't think anything that I will say will convince you. But at the end of the day, no, we know it's not all men, but it's way too many. And I think that says enough. Yeah, it's not all men, but it's enough to cause an issue. And it's enough to need change. So if you consider yourself one of those not all men, that's great. But are your friends not them? Like, can you exactly. vouch for your friends? Maybe Are you holding your friends accountable? Exactly. And so maybe that's something that the people who believe in the not all men are... Sounds like some cult. The the not all men hashtag, those people who are tweeting that out or who are thinking that they're part of that category, maybe you should call your friends out next time that they make some sort of joke that is inappropriate. Or maybe you can have a think that when you're walking past female to cross over the other side of the road. Or maybe you can be aware of all these things that we talked about and all these things that females have to go through because at the end of the day, we are also aware that it is not all men, but the vast majority kind of outrule the <laughs> the minority. I saw this uh, TikTok that was really powerful, which was just this woman saying, the chance of you getting bitten by a shark is like one in 21 million. And yet that is seen as a valid fear. And for instance, if you tell someone, oh, I'm scared of sharks, like no one's gonna say, oh, haha, you're stupid. Like everyone's gonna be like, hmm, yeah. Even though the chance of you getting bitten by a shark is like 1 in 21 million. But if a woman says she's scared of men, everyone gets super angry. But the chance of a woman getting assaulted or uh, hurt uh, physically by a man is 1 in 6. So basically, the chance of a woman being hurt or I don't know exactly the statistics, like hurt or being assaulted, I think. It's like, yeah, it encompasses all of like violence towards women is 1 in 6. However, that isn't seen as a valid fear, even though 
one in six is a very staggering. It is a bigger number than one in 25 million or whatever. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a scary statistic. The last thing we want to talk about is a feature that we think is, I mean, it is literally the least that we can do to help, but, you know, it might be information for someone who doesn't know. But basically, there's two emergency buttons on your phone, and this is both Android and iPhone, but I think on Android it's a little different, so I will talk about that after. But on an iPhone, there is two things that you can do if you feel like you're in danger uh, and need help quickly. So the first one is you can hold uh, or press the lock button five times in a row, like quite quickly, and it will have a three second alarm, a very loud alarm, and then start calling the emergency services. And so you can do that if you are not able to dial. So that is that, and it emits a quite a loud alarm as well. The second thing that you can do is you can hold the volume button and the side like lock button again, and this will bring up an emergency like SOS slider thing. So you know on iPhones, if you want to accept a call, well, how they used to do it, where you had to slide to accept it, it would bring up that, but instead of calling straight away, it will bring up your an option to get your medical ID. So in case like they need contact information for you or if you're hurt or something, they can get your medical records or your uh, emergency contacts or they can call the emergency services again. Um, And I think that a tip that would be useful is to try holding the lock button and the volume button and go and set up your medical ID because if you have your contact numbers in there, you can call them straight away, first of all. Plus, it also gives your information, your date of birth, your name, your medical history, your medical condition, your height, your weight, anything that they might need to know if you were in trouble. And I think that that is a very like grim reality, first of all. It is terrifying to know that we have to do that. So on an iPhone, if you go to your settings, if you scroll down on just like the home settings page, uh, there's an emergency SOS and you can go there and toggle it and like you can customize it yourself. On an Android, uh, you search for SOS messages in your settings or check the advanced features section and then you can send SOS messages and activate it and accept the terms and conditions and I believe one of them, I'm not sure which one, can send your location to your emergency contact number. So for me it would be my parents. You can put anyone in there but I think it sends your location to them if you do go through that, like, hold your lock screen, hold your volume button thing. Um, Which, you know, you might need. It, you know, could save your life. So we just thought it would be useful to kind of explain it for both Android and iPhone. Because, yeah, it's a harsh reality and we might need it one day. Yeah, exactly. I also have that set up and everything. And I think it's always better to be safe than sorry. So it's a good tip to keep in mind. So as much as this is like a morbid ending, we do want to kind of do as much as we can to keep you safe. Uh, So that's what we want to end it on is some like little tip that we found that might be useful. So we just wanted to share it with you while we end our podcast. We want to thank you very much for listening to this episode. And uh, make sure to follow our Instagram, which is at WSS.podcast. And to stay tuned for more episodes and let us know what you think and we look forward to seeing you guys next time thanks for listening